The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. In part three of our series, Pure... <laughs> I know we've gotten over our shyness of that word, hopefully, um, um, and, 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 and God will keep helping us to become all that he has called us to be in Jesus' name. Today is part three of Pure Sex. If you are joining us for the first time, um, 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 we are doing a series on, on sex, yes, in church, yes, and um, we... Understand if you're uncomfortable because we are uncomfortable, we were uncomfortable ourselves about this topic, talking about it publicly, but we, we really thank God for all the testimonies that have burst forth, even in these three weeks of this teaching. You know, I, I have my uh, brother say to me that his son, my, my nephew, when the, the, the they, they don't live in the country. So, interestingly, they watch service online. They're probably online today. They, they usually would join second service. And he, he, the, the, the son is, is very proud of his uncle. That is me. You know? And, <laughs> and he's, he's always, you know, watching service and listening to the sermon. And when I announced that he's about 13... When I had uh, 10, 11, or somewhere in between, <laughs> don't worry, before second service, I will have gotten this age right. <laughs> when I announced that we were doing uh, pure sex, my brother said to, to me that he was offended. I was like, why would Uncle Femi talk about that gross topic in church? You know, and his father had to explain to him, you know, because he's not even allowed to to watch it anyway, uh, that, you know, this is why we had to explain sex in church and all that. So I understand that, you know, culture kind of puts us in a box, and even the church has not helped. Like we explained last week, that the, the church has a 44-day calendar where married, I mean, the early church, early, early church, where marital sex can take place. In other words, the church had a calendar where Except on those days, husband and wives could not have sex. I mean, and that didn't help matters because God obviously didn't give us that calendar. Praise the name of the Lord. God just gave us his instruction, be fruitful and multiply. And, you know, God just says to us, just have sex as often as you are able to. 365 days in a year, cool by me. Praise the name of the Lord. And if you look at the scriptures, I mean, David was a man that had some dealings with women. In fact, David at his old age had to be warmed. warmed. I mean, when I read those things, I'm like, God, you allow this. Why did you allow this? You know, and of course, the reason is obvious. And we are not going to go into that today. 
But his son, Solomon, if David was a woman's man, Solomon was a woman's man to the power of 10, 50. So I said to myself, let's ask Solomon what he really was thinking when he was writing this book, The Songs of Solomon. The Songs of Solomon has scandalized a lot of people, in the past, including myself in the past. I've shared with you how I was ministering to someone that was not a believer, and the person says to me, he was almost giving his life to Jesus, and he says to me, he can't give his life to Jesus. And I said, so well, why? And he says that, how can there be a book like Songs of Solomon in the Bible? That book is too explicit. It's talking about breast. It's talking about... <laughs> I mean, would... Should I be ashamed to talk about what the Bible talks about? <laughs> it shows you that I'm still struggling with these things. It's talking about things that will make a lot of us uncomfortable. So I said to myself, I'm going to bring Solomon upstage himself so that we can hear from the horse's mouth. What was Solomon thinking? So church, let's put our hands together for King Solomon as he comes up on stage so that we can put him on the hot seat. Actually, Oluwa Solomon. Oluwa Solomon. I should be prostrating, but you know, I have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and you did have in your days. So I just go right to it. You know, I, 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 reading the, um, the Bible, Sons of Solomon, I mean, what were you thinking? I mean, generally, what were you thinking? Well, I had to get across to the female species. I had to express myself, but I was misinterpreted. People don't understand because the words you use today is different. It's different. Yes. Okay, so, so in your, the book you wrote, and I'm going to quote you. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. In Sons of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 2, you said, and I quote, Kiss me, and kiss me again, for your love is sweeter than wine. What, what exactly do you mean by that? I meant honey pie. Honey pie. My musa berry. Come have a taste of my love, for it is stronger than the finest wine. Really? Now, you said again in verse 10, and I quote, How lovely are your cheeks, your earrings are set, set them afire. 
How lovely are your neck, enhanced by a string of, of jewels. Are you trying to toast the baby? What I said there, in your present day words, is my pretty colored angel baby goddess. <laughs> I was searching for somewhere to display the costliest jewelries, but that was before I found you. Are you seeing that this guy is a woman's man? This King Solomon. No, no, no. King, Your Majesty, before you go, I have just one, one more. You know, you know, because as, as I, I read this book further, I. I you know, it just kind of got more gross, if you will. Yeah, in chapter 4, the same book that you wrote, mm -hmm. Your Majesty, verse 11, from verse 11, it says that your, your lips are as sweet as nectar, my bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue. Your clothes are scented like the cedars of Lebanon. He says, you are my private garden, my treasure, my bride, my secluded spring, a hidden fountain. Now, verse 13, you began to say, your tie shelter a paradise of promega. What I said there, my baby, Should I proceed? Yeah, 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 yeah. In your present day world. Yeah. And I said, Your words are refreshing to me. Your presence makes me feel at home. It is nice to know that you have kept your pride in spite of your goddess look. Mm. It's finished. Now I understand why the ladies will let you go. <laughs> Let's put our hands together for King Solomon. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Let's clap for Solomon. I mean. Okay. I mean, the guy was just... Solomon is amazing. But there are not many Solomons out there. Because a lot of guys don't understand ladies. A lot of guys don't understand ladies. And vice versa. A lot of ladies don't understand Guys, and you see, guys are just different. Now, a lot of things I'm going to be sharing are going to be um, raw data from some research that has been done over 12 years, I mean, and with um, over 13,000 men and women. So, if we say something like 90% of men 
will do X. We are actually implying that 10% will not do X. So you may be married to the, one of the 10% and you're like, oh, my husband is not like that. It's okay. But try and understand this because your son, you may have sons, you may have um, colleagues at work, you, you may have neighbors that are men that, or, or friends that are married to men, hopefully, that will talk to you. So it's, it's good for all of us to really understand this. From when we were in, in school, we, we, we see that, you know, girls don't understand boys at all. For, for instance, a girl is, is just standing by and a boy just comes and pulls her hair and runs away. I mean, and the girl is like, what's wrong with boys? And she goes to her friend and she says to the friend, this boy just did this. And the friend says, oh, <laughs> he just pulled your hair. That boy did this. That one pushed me, you know. And boys are just irritating. Boys are just... So women begin to form theories about boys. And when they grow older, you know, maybe they've had a relationship and, and some boy behaved badly, you know. And they, guess who women go to to understand men? Another woman. Another woman. So women go to women to understand men. I mean, I mean does that really make sense? Today... I'm going to show you what men really want. Are you ready? What do men really want? It's going to shock a lot of people because you think you know, but you don't know. So I say, oh, I know, come on. Men just want sex, that's all. <laughs> you don't know. You're about to find out. So, but... I need to balance this. As much as girls didn't, and ladies don't really understand men, and girls didn't really understand boys, also, boys didn't really understand girls. And naturally, the natural man really doesn't understand his wife. While I was in, talking about secondary school, I was in secondary school, and I was in Form 1. I was in a boarding house. Command secondary school, the Kwaja, before I relocated. And by, I was delivered from that school for, at the end of Form 2. But in, in Form 1, I was in, in this school, and there was this girl. You know, most schools, every school had a girl. Every class has a girl in the whole class that is the girl. Do you understand? You know what I'm saying? The girl. So I was in Form 1, and this girl that was the current champion, as in every guy is just falling head over heels for her. Every girl is just jealous of her. I agreed to be my girlfriend. I went to Toaster because... Don't look at me like that. That's not even where I'm going. So, so I was like, and she agreed, and, and, and she really liked me. So I became the privileged guy. 
I mean, we're just doing foolish things together. Totally foolish things. Things that just don't make sense. I wish I understood. You have to teach your children these things. So one of these days, I, I, I got alone in the classroom. We hang out alone in the classroom. Everybody has gone. So we're alone in the classroom. It was evening. It was the boarding house. So, I mean, in my foolishness, I wanted to impress her. So I said to her, I'm going to show you my power. <laughs> I'm so ashamed of this one. I need to tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you what I did. Where it was short sleeve anyway. So I pulled it off and I did like this to her. <laughs> because I wanted to show her you have the right man. I can protect you, man. You will notice that it's only the girls that are laughing. The men are looking straight at what's wrong with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. The men are looking what's wrong with that. The girls are laughing. Why? That was exactly what she did. She looked at me ridiculously. And she laughed. And I broke up with her. Yeah, it's funny because she made me feel like a fool. Who will break up with? I won't call her name. I broke up with her because I was like, she made me feel ridiculously hopeless. With the look, she looked at me and she laughed and she laughed and she laughed. You know, and, and the truth is that <laughs> at the end, it was growing up and in retrospect, it was clear I did not even understand girls. I didn't. I had no clue. And, and of course, she obviously didn't understand boys. This research that um, the, the, the figures I'm about to share with you was done by a lady called Shanti. Feldan. She's a Harvard researcher and she has done extensive work. She worked with 13,000 men and women over 12 years gathering this data and in, in, one, of the, in one of our ex, um, um, exercises, she gathered a group of young adult men into a room like this and she says to the young adult men, these men were between 17 and maybe early 20s, 21, 22. They were young. They think they knew everything about, you know, life. You know, that's the age that you think your parents are idiots, you know, and all that stuff. And she says to them, what do you, what bothers you the most? What, what, what do you really want? What is your deepest longing? And they were just pouring it out. And she was writing it on the board and writing it on the board and writing all the words that they were using. Some of them were synonyms and all that. And she wrote it on the board. The following day, she had the, the class, the, the all auditorium filled with young ladies of the same age group. Meanwhile, she had covered all the responses of the men, of the young men, and says to the young ladies, as, as, as ladies, tell me what are your strongest 
heart desire? What do you really, what, what do you really hunger for? And she says, one young lady got up and says to her that, why is she saying ladies that, that she should treat them as human beings, that they don't have a different desire than men? And she says, really, that she has heard. Just tell me what, and the ladies went off, and they were saying yes, and she was writing on the board, writing on the board, blah, 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 and it finished. And she says to them, the guys were here yesterday, would you like to see what they said to the same question? And of course, all the girls said, yeah, show us what the boys are saying. And she opened the responses, and she said, there was not a single word that was the same. Out of all the words and responses, in fact, it says, the only thing that was the same is and. This and that. This and that. That was the only word that was the same. There was nothing on this board that was the same as this board. Then, they kept quiet. Now, she summarizes everything on the ladies' boards and everything on the guy's board. Should I tell you what was on the ladies' board? What was their innermost cravings? Listen to this. The innermost craving of ladies, women, is, am I lovable? Am I beautiful? Am I special? Am I worthy to be loved for who I am inside? If this person knew who I really am, would he really love me? Men never think like that. Never. Guess the responses of men. She, she summed it up again in a few words. The response of men is, Am I capable? Am I adequate? Am I good on the outside? What I do? Am I a performer? Worlds apart. Worlds apart. So the outcry of a man's heart can be summed up as this. Do I measure up? A woman doesn't, <laughs> a woman wants to know, am I lovable? Am I beautiful? Am I special? Am I, you know, a man wants to know, <laughs> am I, have I performed? And some of you that are married, you understand, even on this, during intimacy, the man wants to perform, he just wants to, he wants to, he, anyway, let me leave there for now. I'll come back. I'll come back there later on. And you are there wondering, what's his problem? Why is it? Why is this so important to him? There are worlds apart. And if if we don't know this, we will be in a relationship and we will hurt each other rather than help and love each other. So if today, next the next time we meet, uh, next uh, part four of this. We are going to be focusing on what do women want. We have pointers already. But deep down is a huge iceberg. But today we are going to be zooming in on what do men 
really want. So for, for women, if a woman doesn't feel loved, she doesn't see the value of the relationship. Men are not like that. So for women, if, if I am not going to feel loved in this relationship, what's the point? So that's why the woman is always talking about things that brings you back to this point and the man is, is, is perplexed. It's like, To really understand this, I'm going to use the, the three flames that we, we shared last week. Last week, we, we, we talked about the passion, the marriage passion. The passion, the fire in a marriage has three flames. Remember? We said the passion in a marriage has three flames. You have the flame of what? Friendship. Thank you. Then you have the flame of commitment. Then number three, you have the flame of intimacy. So you have the flame of friendship, you have the flame of commitment, you have the flame of intimacy, and like we explained last week, that these three flames must be burning for the marriage to be fulfilled. If you have one flame not present, your wife or your husband will not be fulfilled. And unfortunately, we explained that some people have the flame of friendship burning with somebody else, they have the flame of commitment burning with another person. Then they have the flame of intimacy burning with another person. They say, oh, this person is my friend. This person, oh, this person I'm married to. No, 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 no. God wants in one marriage, in your marriage, for the flame, the three flames to be present. The flame of friendship, the flame of commitment, and the flame of what? Intimacy. But you see, a woman really cannot move forward. To the flame of intimacy, listen to this. If the flame of friendship is not in place, but a man can, in fact, a man can have only the flame of intimacy going. But it will still not be fulfilled. But if you keep at it, but a woman can't keep at it. So women can't sus really sustain intimacy, the intimacy flame, if the friendship flame is not burning. That's why you have women say things like, let's talk. You men say, talk about what? We've been talking since morning. It's time for action. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> There's a, there's a man in, in, in Genesis 29, verse 23. The word of God describes what happened to this man called Jacob. You know? And the Bible says, but Jacob accepted Laban, his uncle, and Jacob was supposed to marry Rachel. Then this happened. But at night, when it was dark, everybody say, when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob. Leah was another woman. To Jacob, and Jacob slept with her from night till morning. 
But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. And he said, What have you done to me? Jacob raged at Laban. I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? Now, I've listened to women discuss this, and they're like, what? Jacob, really? You slept with a woman all night, and you didn't know? Women can't understand it. But men can understand it. Now, when I said that, I saw some women say, oh, you guys are just gross. <laughs> Listen, it's a fundamental difference. That's how God wired us. We are totally different. So a woman cannot understand why you sleep with someone all night. You are not even talking to the person. You are not even, you know, trying to make the person comfortable. You are not even, I mean, Jacob didn't say, have a single conversation with Leah. From beginning to the end. Action, 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 action. Of course, because Leah was part of the plot, she kept quiet also. But if Jacob had been behaving like a lady, he would have known that Rachel was not his wife. Praise the name of the Lord. So we need to understand this fundamental difference. So the question is, so what do men really want? Really? What do men really want? I'm going to break it to you. I attempt to <laughs> break it to you. You have Friendship flame. Commitment flame. Intimacy flame. What do men really want? It appears that in a marriage, the commitment flame is there. It was done on the day they got married. It appears that the woman is just after the friendship flame. I'm talking about, you know, I'm generalizing. You know, they must be, they may, they, I, I'm aware that there are some women that want sex more than their husband, I'm aware of that. But most men want sex more than their wives, like 90% of men. But I'm aware that there is this special 10% of women that overpower men in that area. More grease to your elbows. <laughs> Praise the name of God. But I'm talking generally here. So, the the, the Woman is, is, is loves this flame of friendship. The man appears to love this flame of intimacy. The flame of commitment is connected them anyway, and as long as they don't break their marital vows, it's there. So, so is that what men really want? You see, <clears throat> women are amazingly lovable people. Women love to love and love to receive love. So that's why you see a garden of women, oh, how have you been? Oh, my guys like... 
Oh, it's my husband. Let me pamper him. Let me do this. The guy appreciates the love. Men appreciate the love. Don't get me wrong. But you see, if a man were to choose between love and respect, the man will choose respect over love. Only men are happy. Can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see that? <laughs> if a man needed, you see, a man is okay to be your friend. I love to be my wife's friend. And men are okay to be their wife's friends. But you see, friendship, there's something about friendship is that you cannot be real friends with someone if you don't descend to their level. Before God could become our friend, he had to become man. Jesus had to come. He had to go through what we went through. Then he became our friend. So friendship implies familiarity. And familiarity breeds contempt. But maturity cures it. Praise the name of the Lord. Familiarity breeds contempt. But maturity does what? Cures it. So the immature lady will say, but we are friends, so I can talk to you anyhow. But the man will say, you can shove your friendship into your nose. I'd rather have you respect me than be your friend. That's how a man thinks. Why the woman appear not to be able to exist without friendship and, and, you know, and just, you know, and all that stuff. And men are excited about it, you know, also we are okay with it. But you see, if a man needs to choose between your friendship and your respect, he will choose your respect and not be your friend. Just respect me. Why do I have to be your friend? That's how a man thinks. Now, when I say men, I know they are, I'm talking about 90%. Of men. I know there are some very gifted men that friendship matters a lot to them. <laughs> and you know, this loving of this stuff with their wives. It's important to have those things. But I'm saying if you have to choose, but God didn't say we should choose. Praise the name of the Lord. We can have the two if we are mature, if we decide to grow up. So ladies, a man will give up feeling that you love him for you to respect him, believe in him, and admire him. He's willing to give up the feeling that you love him. Oh, I take care of you now. Oh, I pamper you now. Oh, yes, all that is good. He's, he's willing to give it up for the feeling that you love him, sorry, that you respect him, you admire him, and you trust him. If a man feels that you admire him, if he feels that when you look at him, you are like, that's my man. If he feels, if he has that feeling, that is all he needs. He doesn't need your pampering. Like that. But he does need your pampering. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying God says we should choose one or the other. I'm saying if a man needs to choose one, that's what he's going to choose. Men, am I correct? Yes, sir. You're correct, sir. 
and 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 that was what my my from one girlfriend didn't understand. Say, Pastor, forgive this girl now. I have. I've forgiven her. That's what she didn't understand. When I sat her down, and I was trying to show her power. She should, if she understood that this guy just wants to be admired, I just want to be, she wouldn't make me feel like a fool. And it cost her the relationship. She didn't understand it. And you see, there are many of us, if you, women, if you just step back and think, you, you understand that you have missed a lot of opportunities like that with your husband or with your fiancé that are yet to get married. When, what he's doing, it just looks ridiculous to you. Meanwhile, all he wants is... Do you trust him? Do you admire him? Do you respect him? That's all he wants. And you see, and I'm totally, 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 totally grateful. When a, when a wife does that, you, you see, you bring out the best from your husband. Best meaning just the best. I'm not saying you, you, you manipulate him. No. For instance, my wife and I, rather, I wanted us, based on some pressures I was receiving, I wanted us to, um, to leave the country and, and go to Canada. And I've done all the paperwork. I've gone to Panty, I've gone to Kirikiri, I've gone to collect all the... I mean, I was good to go. How am I glad? I'm so glad I didn't go. Then my wife says to me one day, one of the midnight talks. She says, this is your journey to Canada. I will follow you. Don't get me wrong. Anywhere you want to go, I will follow you. You know, that just puts my heart at peace that I'm in, I'm in charge of this place. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Some women, they will fight their husband over it. And because they are fighting, we want to show you that He's going to drag you to that place. And he will. So she says to me, I'll follow you, but I just want you to tell me that God has sent you on this mission. If you can say that, you know, what was she saying? She's saying that I, I, I trust your ability to obey God. I trust that you're a man of God. You're a man of honor. I trust and I admire the fact that you can hear God accurately and obey him. Once you do that, I will follow you. You know what that did to me? That makes sure that, that make me make sure <laughs> that I was hearing correctly. It was like they poured cold water on me. And that was the end of that travel. I didn't even know what happened to the papers. But Fortunately, some woman, it will be, I'm, I said, I'm not going. You will carry me in this house. You will see if I will follow you. you and because men are designed to rise up to the occasion, men are designed for battle. Guess what will happen? World War II. 
So women are really good at showing love. They are also very good at pointing out wrong. Oh, yes, women are anointed to point out wrong. They are very good at showing love, but they are anointed to point out wrong. So your family is gathered together, you know, family, everybody's there, and, you know, the power goes off, and, and because the power goes off, your husband is at home, he, he feels, this is my stuff, this is my domain. He gets up, he wants to, the generator now has a, a problem, he wants to go and fix the generator. You know that he never fixes the generator. You know that he always calls your neighbor to help him look at the generator. They say, you are going to fix the generator. You laugh. <laughs> Why don't you always call our neighbor to fix it? You know you don't know how to fix it. That's how a woman responds naturally. Guess what you have done to the man? You've emasculated him. You have. Oh, I've seen this time and time again. A couple, they are out. The wife is out with the baby and she's carrying stuff and all that. And maybe the man genuinely wants to take care of the baby so that the woman's hands can be free. And the man comes and wants to carry the baby, take care of the baby. And the wife says, eh, because we are outside, Abby. Because we are outside. When we are at home now, you will leave this. And she starts talking. That. And the guy just wants to help. Give the guy a slack. Do I get an amen? <laughs> you don't know that that may be the beginning of him helping out at home. Because men usually start from outside performance before they come inside to deliver. Usually. And I can give you several examples. Several examples. A lady has walked up to me and she has said to me that, oh, pastor, come, um, um, are you a Chelsea fan? And I'm like, no, I don't support any club. She says, really, you don't support any club? She says, no. I said, but you like football? I said, yep, I like to watch good football. I don't support any club. She was like, oh, but I want you to support Chelsea now. I'm like, no, I'm not supposed to say I said, well, why all this Chelsea thing? I said, so you're a football fan? She said, she doesn't really like football like that, but she's a Chelsea fan. Ah, I said, you don't, you don't really have a Chelsea fan? He said, yes. He says, why? He says, her husband is an Arsenal fan. So she, has to, so she has to deliberately choose Chelsea. <laughs> now, for her, she's playing. She doesn't mean harm. But for the man, she's an enemy. Oh, she's, she's, she's setting herself to become... Men, am I, am I correct? Praise the Lord. She's setting herself up to be an enemy. So the man takes it personally. Then guess what? She's, she's brainwashing the children to be Chelsea fans. The marriage is not going to be happy. I'm not prophesying doom. So, Pastor, am I saying that the wife must be? I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, grow up. <laughs> President, of the Lord. grow up. You see, but and honestly, fairness to women, most women actually do believe in their husbands. I mean, in my interaction with women, even some men that are just, for lack of a better word, 
good for nothing. Most women actually do believe in their husbands. They actually do. But they are, they are sending the wrong message. And that is why we're having this teaching. You are, you are sending the wrong message. They believe in the guy, but you are always sending the wrong message that needs to stop. And a lot of men feel that I, I, I love my wife, but there's nothing I do that is good enough for her. That's how a lot of men feel around their wives. There's nothing I do. She's always criticizing everything I do. I, I, I do something outside. Everybody appreciates it. Everybody recognizes it. I get home. My wife is, you know, pointing at the faults and pointing the errors and abusing me, you know. And it's like, well, whatever. A man says to the wife, oh, you want to hang out with your friends today? Don't worry, I'll, I'll clean the kitchen for you. And the man actually cleans the kitchen. Is that not a good man? actually cleans the kitchen and she comes back and, and she, she, she gives him a hug and she, she's looking over his shoulder. Oh, you didn't do this well. Oh, she did, oh, look at the crumbs. Oh, you know, well, you even tried. You tried, you tried. I'm not saying you didn't try. But, uh, and she cleans the kitchen herself again. Ah, ah. What message is that sending? She says, but pastor, you didn't do it well. Pretend as if you did it well. I said, so Pastor, you're telling us to be pretending. I mean, you, you tell us to be truthful. I tell us to be pretending. Be wise. Okay, don't pretend. Be wise. <laughs> yes, he didn't do well, but he tried. Come back at night when he's sleeping and clean his kitchen. Praise the name of the Lord. So saying I love you works for women. You know, saying I love you, reaffirming to women and, and telling them you love them works for women. But saying I respect you doesn't work for men. Try it. You say to your husband, I respect you, I respect you, I respect you. You say, come on, get out. <laughs> respect what? It doesn't work. But for women, they cannot have enough of I love you. In fact, next week, I'm going to, well, next week, next time we talk about, um, um, uh, what do women want? We are going to, we are going to explain that. That works for, for, they can't get enough of it. Earlier on in my marriage, I used, to, I, I used to frustrate me. Why? Because my wife just wants me to tell her, I, but I just told you that three months ago. <laughs> Nothing has changed. I'm still here with you. What does that tell you? <laughs> but tell me I love you. Okay, I love you. Say it as if you mean it. Praise the name of the Lord. <sighs> Sex is super important for men. Super important for men. An enormous emotional need that it can only meet with you. So sex is super important for men. Why? Because sex does two things. At least two things for men. And listen to this. I'm wrapping up this, this sermon, but this is where I'm going. Does, sex does at least two things for men. Number one, the feeling that is desired by his wife. 
So when the wife, I'm not talking about cadaver sex. I'm not talking about sex out of duty. I'm not talking about sex, okay, you want to have sex, okay, let's have sex. I'm talking about sex that is obvious that the wife desires the husband. It makes the man feel that my wife really desires me. Women, even if you don't feel like it, I'm going to use that word again. I'm not saying pretend, right? I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, don't put it to his face. Do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's be going. No. President of the Lord. Start with the attitude, the right attitude. It is so important to the man. Second thing sex does to the man is sex makes the man feel that he is man enough. That's why he's so bothered whether you have come. That's why he's so bothered whether you enjoyed it. I mean, those of us that are married, you understand what I'm saying? That's why that's the consistent question in the bedroom. That was fantastic, right? And some women will say, eh, well, not really, you tried. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so, but pastor, what, what, what should I say? If, that is, if the guy scored five over ten, what should I say? It's simple. Say to him, excellent. <laughs> okay, here you go again. Women are giving me that look again. Pastor, are you trying to tell us not to be honest? I'm not saying you should be honest. I'm saying be wise. <laughs> Why? You will have what you say. See it as a prophecy. See it as a prophecy. If you keep prophesying and prophesying and prophesying, guess what will happen? Thank you, my sister. Excellent every time. Keep prophesying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Is what you have. Maybe we go deeper in second service. I need to go. 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 So these two feelings answer the question. These two feelings of my wife desires me. I am man enough. Answer the question: Do I measure up? More than anything you can say to a man. The two feelings you get from sex. Answers that question more than I respect you a billion times. Wow. I see light bulbs going up. So sex, if you will, answers the question, do I measure up? And that can affect a man's outlook. It can affect how confident he is on his job. It can affect his appraisal. It can affect his destiny. What you think is just an ordinary act is actually affecting your husband's destiny. Why? Because there's no spring. He gets to the office on Monday and he's looking like a failure. And you're wondering, why are you not behaving like as if, you can't you see your, your mates are, are, you know, they are carrying themselves well? It's because you have not put the juice in the steps. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So I ask you again, are men just interested in sex? 
Or does that explain why he's not interested in sex? Because his experience is always, you're not good enough. You're not man enough. Oh, you tried. I've had some, I've, I've seen better. Oh, some women actually say that to their husbands. Horrible. That's why he's not interested. But you think he's not interested in sex. He actually is. He's interested in, on the other fence. Across. But that ought not to be. So you need to adjust. Everybody say adjust. So for our ladies that are here today, you have a father in heaven that sees you as lovable, beautiful, to be desired, special. Praise the name of the Lord. And for those of us that are men, you have a father in heaven that sees you as capable, that sees you as man enough, that sees you as a performer. You do. So sometimes when those expectations fall short from the aspasis, we can lift up our eyes to heaven and know that our Father sees us as lovable. He sees us as capable. He sees us as performers. He sees us as special. Let's burn our hearts as burn our heads. And I want us to pray this morning about what we have heard. Take a moment and just, just pray about it, what you have heard. If you are here, you are like, Father in heaven? I don't even have a father in heaven. Oh, I used to, I mean, God used to be my father. I know. We used to have that relationship. But right now, I'm far from him. I want you to cry to God if you're in that category, wherever you are. Cry to him. If you are crying to God, that God be my father, come into my life, be my Lord Jesus. I want to pray with you wherever you are right now. That is me. Put up your hand quickly. I will pray together. You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, put up your hand now. God bless you. God bless you right there. God bless you right there. God bless you. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother over there. God bless you. My father, I want, to, I want you to be my father. God bless you. He sees you. He wants to see you. And he sees you as lovable. He sees you as capable. He sees you as a performer. You're a man in this place. You are struggling with your identity. God wants to give you your identity. Put up that hand. If you have the can, you can put down your hand. It's okay. Put down that hand and begin to pray. to pray.
The rest of us, let's keep praying. I want to pray with you if you have the card. You don't need to come forward. Just sit where you are. But I'll pray you, with you from here. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray for everyone that has responded to you. They receive you today as their father. Your word says you will by no means cast away everyone that comes to you by anyone that comes to you by Christ Jesus. We ask, Lord, that you receive them, cleanse them, empower them. Let your name be glorified in their lives. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen.